Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. It is currently February 22nd, 2021, and here we are back again with another episode of the WPT Lifestyle Show, exclusively presented on Anchor.fm and on YouTube. Once again, I appreciate everyone who has been tuning into these episodes of the WPT. PT Lifestyle Show. The channel has been growing all around. Views have been tremendous. Once again, thank you. We've reached 4,000 views on one of our episodes, which has been outstanding. So once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are in for a jam-packed morning here. we got some more uh, things going on throughout the state of the world. And specifically, we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of a lot of different things today, uh, but this is first. We're going to talk about some breaking news in the NBA world, as Minnesota Timberwolves head coach Ryan Saunders has been released of his duties. He's been fired, terminated, and gone from the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, after a not so great start of the season uh, so far. Uh, you know, he he started coaching for the Timberwolves in 2018. Um, yeah, not not great, not a great year. He only had 42 games under his belt uh, when he started for the T Wolves. He went 17-25. Then the next season, last season, 2019-2020 season, uh, once again, not a lot of games played. Finished at 19 and 45. And this season, he's off to a 7 and 24 record. Uh, not great, not great at all. But it's tough, man. Um, it, it's tough for the Timberwolves because think about it. This guy, you know, he was brought in. You know, was trying to basically like a legacy, right? Uh, you know, his his dad, Flip Saunders, who was a longtime coach for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he, you know, he was brought into that organization to basically, you know, even after Tom Thibodeau was fired, to you know live up to those same expectations as his dad was right and it's tough for him to do so uh, when you have you know such a young team you're rebuilding year after year but your players aren't staying on the court you know this guy he had a very talented roster Um, you know some young guys such as Malik Beasley the number one overall pick this past season Uh, Anthony Edwards you have Jared Vanderbilt Carl Anthony Towns D'Angelo Russell right Ed Davis, uh, Nas Reed's, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, just to name a few. And, you know, it's tough. And especially two young guys such as D'Angelo Russell and uh, Carl Anthony Towns, they've only played five games together the whole season. So for him, you know, to go out on a losing note, uh, you know, so far through 31 games a season at 7-24, and 24, it's tough, man, I, you know. A lot of the media, and I saw it on Twitter that you know they were saying how great and you know guy he was, uh, how respectful you know he was, and how respected he was throughout the National Basketball Association. Uh, but you know something like this in the NBA, you know when you're really competing day after day, you need to win games. Uh, in their last ten games, the Tim- Timberwolves have gone two and eight. They're three and thirteen on the road, four and eleven at home. Uh, in the conference, they're four and fourteen, and the Western Conference is tough. And you know, we'll we'll dive deep into that uh, in, in just a few. But you know, for someone like that, it, it's tough. You know, this this guy's only 34, 35 years old. Of course, he's gonna uh, land right back on his feet. 
in no time, right? You know, it might take uh, just, you know, a little bit to get back into, you know, obviously he'll probably go to another assistant coaching job and then later on uh, as he'll move up back up the ranks again. But for me, it's pretty shady, man, how, how quickly it's not like the Timberwolves, they hired someone on his staff to be an interim head coach. They hired someone outside of the organization. Chris Finch, who is the associate head coach for the Toronto Raptors, midseason. For me personally, as long as I've been a, a basketball fan, I've never seen something like this happen before. Right? So how is this going to work? Because here's the thing. You had the opportunity to hire Chris Finch in the offseason. So why not do so then? If you knew that Ryan Saunders wasn't your guy, why not do that then? And, you know, you'll have a smooth transition. Now you're just chalking up the season, right? You're bringing a, a, a guy from another organization midseason and expect him to turn around the organization just like that. It's not going to happen. This guy, Chris, Chris Finch, he has to bring in, obviously, I, in my opinion, I don't I don't think he's going to be able to bring in his own coaching staff, right? Midseason, that's just not feasibly possible. There's no way that can happen, right? That's more of an off-season kind of thing. So you have Chris Finch coming into an organization, head coach uh, with assistants that you know may not work under his regime, uh, and you know you have to insert a new playbook into the uh, offensive side and defensive side of the ball. So that's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen there uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, you know, for me. I, I don't see them – I really do see them seen like as the last place team in the Western Conference, maybe the worst team in basketball fighting up there with the Detroit Pistons. But we'll see, man. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves, you, you know, they'll, they'll keep on fighting their young team. But what's going to happen with Cat and D'Angelo Russell at the trade deadline? Are they going to be looking to trade those two pieces away to another team to get something in return? You know, really, you know, kick this rebuilding process off, or you know, keep them and you know, hopefully at the end of the season, look to land some more bigger targets, or you know, p- pick up another top three first round pick in next year's draft, and go from there. You know, you have a stacked draft coming in this next season, and we'll see. You know, if you keep D'Angelo Russell. You have Anthony Edwards and you have Carl Anthony Towns, right? You have three guys. That's your future if you elect to stay at that point. But then, you know, you can get Kate Cunningham, who's electric. If you land that first pick, that's who I'm going with if you're the T-Wolves, if you get it. But we'll go deeper later down the line, you know, when we officially know the order of the NBA draft, mock drafts, and things like that, which players are opting in and out of their prospective college basketball season. So let's jump into these NBA standings as we did last time to cover the NBA. And as we did last time, we'll go from worst to least, or worst to best, starting in Eastern Conference, Detroit Pistons sitting at 8-22. and 22. Cleveland Cavaliers 10 and 21. They've made a tremendous drop off there on a 10 game losing streak. Wow. Last 10 games they lost them all. That's that's brutal because they were sitting at, you know, 10 and 11. Right? And then all of a sudden, bam. 10 losses in a row. Washington Wizards are finally making a nice comeback. They've won their four past games. They're sitting at 10 and 17 on the year. Orlando Magic 13 and 18, three game winning streak, 5 and 5 in their last 10 games. 
The Atlanta Hawks have also been in a pretty drought here. They're sitting at 13 and 17 on the season. Their last 10 games, they are 3 and 7. That is pretty brutal for them because they were off to a very, very hot start. The Miami Heat are finally turning some around the corner. They're picking up two games in a row here. They're sitting at also 13 and 17, 6 and 4 in their last 10 games. The Chicago Bulls. Having a tremendous year, way more than I expected personally. Uh, Thirteen and sixteen, they're ninth in the East uh, with a five and five in their last ten. Seven and seven on the road, pretty good five hundred wise. They won their last game. Uh, Charlotte Hornets sitting in the eighth seed once again. Pretty unexpected for the Hornets. Lamelo Ball is doing phenomenal. I see him as my rookie of the year. They're sitting at 14 and 15 on the season, six and four in their last 10 games. The New York Knicks, pretty pretty surprising here for this team. Julius Randle is making a very very uh, good you know run and you know a, a very close call. Maybe you know most improved player of the year this season. We shall see. They're six and four in their last 10 games as well. Boston Celtics, they have been on a very, very drought. They're at 15 and 15, sitting at 500 of the year, sixth place in the Eastern Conference. They've lost uh, six of their last 10 games, especially a tough, tough loss last night uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans. Those Toronto Raptors, after a very tough and terrible start towards the, the beginning of the year, they made a tremendous, tremendous, uh, you know, all the way up. The Eastern Conference, they're sitting at 16 and 15, seven games won in their last 10, and they won four games in a row. The Indiana Pacers, 15 and 14. They've lost six of their last 10 games. It's not good for them. It's not looking good. Uh, they're going to need some things to turn because this Eastern Conference from four to about, honestly, four to 12, you know, it's, it's a toss up. I mean, it's three games separates the 12th and 4th seed. So things have to turn around. The Eastern Conference, you know how it always is over there. Um, yeah, you got to see some things turn around. Milwaukee Bucks, you know, they've been without Drew Holiday for a couple weeks due to the, the Coco uh, word. Um, but they're at 18 and 13. Uh, they've won five of their last 10 games, two-game winning streak here. Their biggest problem is on the road. They're 7 and 9 on the road. Well, meanwhile, they're 11 and 4 at home. So once they get Drew Holiday back from his illness, uh, things should start and turn the corner. But they're in a tough spot right here. These three top teams in the East, they're they're pretty good, like really, really good. The Brooklyn Nets, you know, they acquired James Harden there. They're sitting at 20 and 12. They won their last six games. They're 7 of 10, right? They've won seven of the last 10 games. Pretty, pretty good. They're a half game out of first place behind the Philadelphia 76ers, who've also been on a terrible um, last 10 games for them, right? They've lost five of their last 10. They've been horrible on the road. They're 7 and 9. Uh, for a team like this, who's you know re really relying on Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, um, you know when you're at home, you've won 13 of 15 games, so it's just pretty good. But you know, in, in the tough, you know, top three seeds in the East, you need to be out there winning like as much as possible, right? You cannot afford to lose because you lose, the Nets jump you. 
And it's going to be a back-and-forth battle for the rest of the year between those three teams, I believe, uh, when it's all said and done. Back over into the West, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves, as we mentioned before, sitting at 7-24 and last place. They've lost 8 of the last 10 and currently on a four-game losing streak. Houston Rockets, 11-17. and They've lost eight of their last 10 games. I believe I saw them uh, uh, maybe last week, you know, close to that eighth spot. But they lost seven straight games in a row. Things are turning to the worst. They're without Christian Wood. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins is about to be gone from the team. They're about to mutually part ways. And, you know, it's not looking good for first-year head coach Steven Silas of the Houston Rockets. The Oklahoma City Thunder sitting at 12-18. and They've also lost seven of their past 10 games. Sacramento Kings, 12-18 and as well. They've also lost seven of their past 10 games, but they're on a seven-game losing streak. Not great past seven games for Luke Walton and the Sacramento Kings, led by De'Aaron Fox. You got Buddy Heald, Rashawn Holmes all over there for the Kings. You know, they've had a very, very tough past 10 games here. Pelicans, 13-17 and record. They've won five of their past 10 games, 8-7 and at home, but 5-10 and on the road. You know, that we mentioned before, they had their very, you know, nice, greatest comeback and franchise history after being down by 24 points. They end up be defeating the Boston Celtics yesterday in overtime uh, by five points. A Dallas Mavericks, 13-15 and record. They've won five of the past 10 games. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a pretty rocky start for them as well. You know, Luka Doncic even admitted, you know, he's not having himself a great year. But he's making, uh, you know, some tremendous strides to look back into that MVP race once again. Memphis Grizzlies, 13-13, 500 uh, on the season. They're sitting at uh, four games, won their past 10. They've also lost their last previous games. The, uh, The Golden State Warriors, very, very good so far in my season, in my eyes, right? My perspective. Sitting at 16 and 15 on the season, but they've lost five of the last 10. Uh, they should have won their most previous game against the Charlotte Hornets, but Draymond Green had a terrible, terrible mistake getting double teed up and late in the fourth quarter and ultimately lost the game for the, the Golden State Warriors. Denver Nuggets not having a great season, uh, you know, as most expected. They're expected, you know, top three team, uh, but they're sitting at 16 and 14. They've lost six of their past 10 games. San Antonio Spurs, back to, you know, what we expect from the Spurs and Greg Popovich. 16 and 11 record, seven games won in their past 10, uh, but they need to focus on winning at home. They're 7 and 8 at home. Meanwhile, they're 9 and 3 on the road. Those numbers need to change just a bit. Portland, man, Damian Lillard is having a tremendous year. Tremendous year, uh, in my opinion. He is the MVP so far this season. They're sitting at 18-11. They've won eight of their past 10 games. They should have beaten the Washington Wizards the other night, but you know things happen in the NBA. Uh, so they're sitting at the fifth seat in the Western Conference. Meanwhile, the Phoenix Suns, Great year led by Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and crew. They're sitting at fourth in the West, 19-10 and 10 on the season. They've won eight of their past 10 games. A franchise that hasn't been to the postseason in years. I'm thinking maybe at least 10. Chris Paul walks in there, leads them to the promised land. What a great leader Chris Paul is. The LA Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and crew, 22-10 and 10 on the season season. 
They've won six of their past 10 games. The LA Lakers, you know, the LA is running the NBA right now, 22-9 and nine on the year. They're, they've won seven of their past 10 games, but they are on a two-game losing streak. AD is out currently with a calf strain. Uh, you know, lucky for them, it, they've, you know, people thought it might have been Achilles tear, but, you know, good thing he'll be back within weeks. And the most surprising, surprising team so far in the NBA this year is the Utah Jazz, 24-6. and Wow. They've won nine of their past 10 games. They're 13-2 and at home and 11-4 and on the road. This team has done tremendous, tremendous so far this season. Donovan Mitchell, you got Rudy Gobert, both who should be all-stars this year. You know, they're just leading that team, man. They've done great things, and it's no surprise, you know, um, you know, when you actually watch them play that, wow, okay, you can actually see that this team is the best in the NBA. But we'll see, man. You, you know, for the playoffs, that's that's what it counts. That's what it counts and matters in the playoffs. Who can win that big game? So as we conclude over the NBA talk, let's jump into an interaction that happened yesterday uh, with Cam Newton. He hosted a seven-on-seven clinic, you know, for some high school kids. So this one clip, I believe it went viral on TikTok and then made its way over into uh twitter uh his name is j seth owens um it it went viral it it looked like cam newton you know he was having fun with it uh but you know the way the kid was talking oh my goodness It, it was brutal man like for for someone like him to do that to you know talk he was he was saying like you're a free agent you're a free agent like you suck you're bum um and cam newton you know he was responding to the kid of course he was saying, you know, I'm rich, I'm rich, you know, what are you doing? I'm rich. And like the kid was like, you suck, you suck. And Cam Newton responded back like, you know, did is your mom or your parents letting you talk like this? Like, where's your mom? Where's your dad? You know, and things like that. And it went pretty viral. And it, it, it was a, it led to a negative perception on this kid, right? And it really showed like, you know, the, the lack of disrespect many young kids, you know, many young adults have for professional athletes in this position, right? Okay, of course, yeah, Cam Newton might may be a free agent now, but he's probably going to get signed this offseason. He was one of the most dominant quarterbacks in the NFL for almost a decade, right? No one could stop this dual threat quarterback. So the lack of respect kids now have now kids have nowadays is is it's pretty crazy to say the least. And the fact that, you know, someone like this, I mean, come on, man. I, there's just no place for that. And if, if you're at, at, at a camp like that, you should be looking up to Cam Newton, you know, you know, picking his brain. You know, what can I do to, you know, make it where you are, right? So this kid, J. Seth Owens, issued a, uh, an apology late last night. He goes word for word here. First and foremost, I want to express my deepest apologies to Cam Newton, my entire org, and my coaches for my actions at the 7v7 tournament this past weekend. I did not intend for it to go to get as far as it did. First, I would like to start by saying my parents never taught me to pe- taught me to people this to be disrespectful. As a football player, I let my competitive side get the best of me, and it was a huge miscommunication. 
it was in the midst of the moment and i realize now how a lot of you took it as disrespect i never meant to humiliate and let anyone down i am very appreciative for 7v7 to even allow me to be a part of the community and allow me to be a part of the team i'm currently on i realize this can dictate my future as a young man having very big dreams goals but i will not allow this to stop me from getting where i need to be so again i apologize and hope i can be forgiven now young man let me give you some wise words of wisdom here, okay, to, so you so you can bounce back from this. An apology like that isn't going to resolve anything. It's not, right? It's, it's, it's over. It's done with. It's all on the internet. You will forever be known as the kid that disrespected Cam Newton, <laughs> just so you know that. Now, in order to bounce back for this, it... You know, you if I'm you, you gotta you gotta start doing something that's gonna, you know, bring your name to a positive light, right? Because college coaches, NFL guys, they're all gonna know who you are now. And, you know, if you're wanting to make it to the NFL one day, it's gonna be a tough road ahead of you. It's gonna be a tough road ahead of you. So keep your head down, keep your mouth quiet, don't be disrespectful to anyone doesn't matter who it is right nfl player coach older person you know guest speaker author doesn't matter who pick their brain learn how to get to where they are and learn from your mistakes and that's what you'll do now let's jump back into uh some more nfl talk here keeping on the same path and we're going to talk about this carson winch trade so last week uh four days ago actually the eagles traded uh, former first-round pick Carson Wentz to the Colts. In return, they received a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that can turn into a first-rounder. I believe if he plays 75% of the snaps, it'll turn into a first-rounder. So a first and a third. Pretty crazy that that's all they got in return considering the, uh, the Lions got a very hefty return for Matt Stafford. But that's over and done with. Um, and the Eagles will take a $33.8 million dead cap hit. The largest dead cap hit that any player has ever taken. It, which is insane. So the Colts will assume the balance of Wentz's $128 million extension, including the $10 million guaranteed roster bonus due on March 19th. So with Carson Wentz, he's reunited with his, you know, his former offensive coordinator in Philly, uh, who's now the head coach, Frank Reich. Um, you know, and he's obviously going to fill that starting position. And the Eagles are, you know, turning face to Jalen Hurts. Wow, it just shows you how quick a franchise can turn on a player. But you know, Carson Wentz had had a very down season, especially, you know, hasn't really done much since that Super Bowl run. Uh, you know, a lot of people can say that, uh, you know. That Nick Foles would led that Super Bowl run, but you know Carson Wentz did provide um, some support in the beginning of that year. This dude Carson Wentz was a former MVP candidate. Now he ended up back in Jalen Hurts, so obviously he wanted out. You know he he wants to be able to play. Uh, what's going to happen though with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles? Is he going to be their guy for years to come? Probably not. Eagles are going to probably look for someone to potentially be his backup and eventually you know make that way on to you know not uh having jalen hurts in the organization that's just my opinion 
here um, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, it turned into a report today as well that Carson Wentz, number 11, right? And, you know, we expect him to, you know, try and have that, that same number in Indianapolis. But no, Michael Pittman Jr., star wide receiver for the Colts, who's going to be, you know, that number one guy since T.Y. Hilton probably will not be there next season. He, Michael Pittman Jr. said, no, I am not giving up that number 11. And look, rightfully so. Rightfully so. What has Carson Wentz done in the NFL for multiple years that, you know, said, hey, I need my number? Nothing. And, you know, if Michael Pittman Jr., that number that number probably means something to him, right? So th- there's no need for him to give up that number, right, for someone, you know, who's not that great. It's not like, you know, you have Drew Brees, Tom Brady, uh, Phillip Rivers walking there demanding that number. No. Carson went so rightfully so man he, he's not going to give up that number and yeah he, who knows what number that Philip uh the Carson Wentz will be for the Colts and throughout this NFL offseason we'll go deep dive into more teams more organizations and things like that but this is just a quick little news recap that uh you know I'm covering today for uh Carson Wentz Michael Pittman Jr. not giving up that number 11 and the trade that happened between the Colts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, as we stay in the football realm, uh, Deion Sanders, head coach for Jackson State, uh, the college football team in Mississippi. He coaches first ever collegiate game, his first game as a head coach yesterday, and they destroyed. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what the team they played, but it was some really small school. Um, but there was a report, and you know, he stated that. Um, that came out during the game, man, his, his stuff, his belongings were stolen, right, uh, in his office. So he stated out a comment yesterday, um, my belongings were taken out of a zip bag in my office and more items were taken as well from my office. We have retrieved them since being reported. Uh, my staff member had witnessed a crime. Um, so, uh, you know, people were reporting that he, uh, you know, it was it was misplaced, but Dion said himself, it was stolen. You know, he had one staff member who was a female, um, you know, tried to stop one guy, but, you know, it couldn't happen. Uh, but luckily enough, they were able to recover uh, the belongings. Um, and as I mentioned before, they, they won their game 53 to nothing. Crazy, crazy good start uh, for Dion Sanders and the Jackson State uh, football team. Uh, and it turned out also that um, Troy Aikman, Ended up going to the football game yesterday supporting Deion Sanders. Uh, they had a video come out there. You know, Troy Aikman said, I wouldn't miss this thing for a world. And it just shows, you know, that brotherhood from that, you know, that great 90s Cal- uh, Dallas Cowboys football team is still there, still, you know, on this earth. And, you know, they're they're supporting each other all, and through all of their adventures in life. And, you know, we'll see what Deion Sanders wants to do. Um, I expect this dude, Dion, you know, coaching this one season at Jackson State. I don't expect him to be there for years to come. I see him as a, a one and done guy and, you know, potentially moving to a bigger uh, football um, program here. But what, is it going to happen uh, this upcoming fall season? I don't know. Uh, I, I that's a, It's a tough call because I feel like Dion, um, you know, it, I, by now, if a uh, D1, you know, uh, FBS team wanted to hire 
a guy like his caliber, um, it's gonna have it's gonna have to be soon, right? So what's gonna happen with that? I, I truly believe that this is gonna be Dion's one and only season at Jackson State, uh, you know, in the FCS here. Um, so that's gonna conclude the football news today, and we're, let's dive in some baseball news. And this is very very controversial, um, and it's crazy um, how a th- how something like this. Is still going on in this world today. Kevin Mather, right, CEO of the Seattle Mariners, spoke yesterday at the Bellevue Breakfast Rotary Club in Seattle, Washington, and had some very, very interesting details that he shared regarding around the Seattle Mariners. Now, first and foremost, I truly expect the MLB and the MLBPA to uh, go into lockout next season. I think it's when it's going to be because there is a lot of things that is currently wrong that's going on between the players and the owners um, that it's just not ethically right, such as uh, teams utilizing players and not calling them off up to the bigs when they're ready to be able to play just because to you know manipulate service time, which is ridiculous. Is a stud, uh, you know, prospect that the Seattle Mariners have. His name's Jared Kelnick. Um, this offseason, he was offered a six-year deal plus options and you know substantial amount of money, and he turned the, you know the Mariners down. And you know he's betting on himself to do better because you're seeing all these players, you know, such, such as Manny Machado, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Right, just in name two, they're getting three hundred million dollar plus contracts. Bryce Harper, right. So he, this guy's betting on himself, you know, because he, he, to do better, right? He's not going to get a small deal. He wants to get what he's worth. But the CEO of the Mariners, Kevin Mather, stated yesterday um, that this stud prospect won't be on opening day roster for the Mariners. Instead, he's going to get his at-bats in AAA to gain the service time. And he won't be up until late April. So, and it's the same thing with another prospect they have. His last name is Gilbert. You know, they're they're manipulating the service time, and it won't be up until late April. But when you know you have guys that are like this that are ready, they're capable, right? They're your best players, and you're just gonna keep them back there just to manipulate service time, and you can be keep on cheaping out for years to come. And then he stated the Mariners had zero, have zero intention to bring up any of their prospects this season. Even if a COVID outbreak was to happen, right, with the Mariners, they they still won't bring, bring up their prospect. So that way they can just have these other guys keep on being bad year after year. Uh, and they want to try and extend as many people – as they can on team-friendly deals, of course, being cheap. Uh, and and it, there's this guy. Um, the players really try to talk out. There's another good guy that that's on the team, Evan White, right, uh, who recently just got a long-term deal, I believe, last season. But the players tried so hard to talk Evan White out of accepting this because, you know, it, it, it's, it's an organization like that. You're like, man, stay away from here. But Evan White ended up accepting it, right, because it guaranteed $23 million, sets him up for life. 
and the $55 million, the rest on the contract, would set his family up for life if the options are accepted. I mean, so you, you really can't deny it, you know, for someone chasing the bag like that and, you know, accepting it. But it's tough, man. It, it, it's tough. And, and uh, we have even more service time manipulation being done by the Mariners. Uh, this dude named Riley won't be up in 21. Taylor Trammell, one of the speedy outfielders they have, he's going to be a late summer call-up. So, once again, you have good players just wasting time in the minor leagues. Julio Rodriguez, another star stud they have on the, on the team. The dude Kevin Mather stated yesterday, he won't be in the Mariners organization. He won't be at the big leagues in 2021, maybe 2022. But most worst case, he's going to be up in 2023. For him, in two years, the dude was hitting bombs last year as an 18-year-old. It's just crazy, and, and you know, he even stated something about the dude's English was so bad, right? I'm like, that's a big, t- big, big, big no-no. You can't say stuff like that, man. You cannot, cannot say that at all. So Kevin Mather also stated yesterday, longtime third baseman Kyle Seager, right, brother of Corey Seager, MB- World Series MVP of the Dodgers last season, stated this is the last year of Kyle Seager's year for the Mariners. Uh, but, you know, he'll be in the Mariners Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. Bro, how can you straight up say your your best player for, you know, the franchise favorite player for the past, I don't know, five years is gone after this year? <laughs> Kyle Seeger's wife uh, put on Twitter yesterday. So should we put our Seattle house up for sale now? Or, like, the fact that this dude is, is still has a job right now, it's in insane insane and and he said you know more things regarding around uh you know there's a japanese pitcher that they have he's like you know we didn't want to sign him because uh, if we do his his english is bad so then we have to hire an interpreter you know for him to speak english uh you know that's seventy five thousand dollars a year and Dude, as long as this guy is the CEO of the Mariners, I don't expect any big-time prospects coming their, their way anytime soon. It's crazy, man. It's it's crazy that this is what the, the MLB and Major League Baseball has come to. And like I said, I fully expect uh, there to be a very, very substantial lockout because if I'm the player's whole ground, you you know, it, during that whole uh, the outbreak uh, last summer, you know, when deciding when to play, you know, the details and things like that. You know, the players didn't really hold their ground there, you know. But now when you have the opportunity to do so, you need to, right? You you really, really need to because it's at the point where these owners are just, they're not respecting the player. They're not respecting the person that the player is. So that is going to be all today for the WPT Lifestyle Show. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Uh, it was very, very fun. Once again, as always, uh, you know, make sure you leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out all the links in the description box down below. My name is Wes with WPT Lifestyle Show. Until next time, y'all have a great week. See ya.